Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane one thing that we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can just feel free to float away and drift off thank you for joining us we hope you will listen and sleep as well as rate us or comment on iTunes we love reading what you have to say about our show I'm your host Marco Timpano and I'm your co-host, Nidhi Kana. Marco, we've been receiving some wonderful... Um, feedback? Feedback, comments, uh, communications from some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take a moment on this episode to kind of do some shout-outs, really. Sure. Um, particularly to uh, Brent, who who mentioned that listening to our podcast has changed his life. Oh. So, hopefully you, for, hopefully for the better. Hopefully. Um and hopefully that means he's getting a good night's sleep after listening to us. So, thank you, Brent. You know, Nitty, um my life changed when I found something that helped me sleep. And uh you know, when one can't sleep, and you find that sort of key that allows you to at least relax. We're hoping that if our podcast doesn't allow you to find sleep, it'll at least allow you to listen and relax and focus on something else. Agreed. And uh, it seems that that's sort of what's what's happening in mm-hmm. terms of the feedback we're getting. So um, Steve also sent in an email, and he mentioned that him and his wife are our avid listeners and Mm. they even download our episodes because playing them on repeat doesn't seem to be an issue because they seem to be falling asleep except when the topics are too interesting oh which i'm fascinated by because i'd like to know maybe what topics are have been interesting we try not to be too interesting but you know sometimes nitty conversation will bring you to an avenue that uh, sparks an interest for certain people and uh, I apologize if at any point this episode or future episodes becomes so interesting that one can't 
find their way to sleep. But at the very least, I'm hoping that if you do follow this a particular episode to the end, that it has at the very least relaxed you. So, And clearly, maybe given you a tad bit of information about something mundane. Sure. Um, uh, and, and with that, my last shout-out goes mm-hmm. to um, Little Goose on Twitter, mm-hmm. who has been wonderful with uh, the offer to take us around Ann Arbor if we're ever visiting and recording from there so maybe he can take us to some of the places that we mentioned or she do we know if little goose is a... you know what that's a good point I'm not sure if it's he or she or well thank you little, little goose. goose they for now for, fair enough you've never been to ann arbor though right i have never been to ann arbor. i loved ann, Ar- ann arbor when i was there i remember being there and, th- and thinking i remember driving through there and saying to amanda oh this is ann arbor and I wanted to explore, so we kind of drove around, and I saw the beautiful homes and how green it was, and I was like, oh, this is a place that, you know when you see a place, Nitty, and you're like, I could live here? And Ann Arbor's our, like that? Yeah, it was like that for me. It really resonated with me, so thank you, Little Goose. Thank you, Little Goose, and uh, Little Goose also mentioned a particular staple brand. Oh, that's right, because we talked about staples. Exactly. So I'm, so- going, to, I'm, I'm going to find a stapler that particular brand of staple. Which is the swing line stapler. So I'm going to find a swing line and I will give some feedback on how it works for me. With that, that closes off our shout outs for today. Well, there so you go. please do continue to send us all this great uh, feedback. We're thrilled when we receive it. We've also received feedback from certain um, products or companies that we've mentioned, which is kind of neat on our, on our Twitter. Yeah. And I was just talking to you about Listerine. Yes, you were. So Amanda and I, uh, on the last episode, were talking about toothpaste. And then I started to, to, to talk about Listerine. And I started to read up on Listerine. And it's a great antiseptic, right, Nitty? And so when you use, you know, there's different types of mouthwashes. But I've always liked Listerine. I don't like things that are too... Like brand, like you like Listerine the brand. The brand, I like okay. Listerine the brand versus its Some competitors. I won't, I won't mention what they sure. are, but I've always liked Listerine because it has always left my mouth feeling very clean. And what I've noticed is that if I've had a cut in my mouth, and I often, I'm an inside cheek biter. Oh, I do that too sometimes. It's uh, the worst. Yeah. So, um, using Listerine has helped to heal yeah and clean the inside of my mouth so i've always been a fan of the stream but there's a lot of different uses that one can have for the stream you know what marco it's very true it's actually uh quite a versatile product so um some of the more interesting uh i guess they call them life hacks for listerine sure uh if you've run out of deodorant you can dip a cotton ball into some Listerine and dab it under your arms, which I guess, you know, when you think about it, it's an antiseptic, maybe takes rid of, gets rid of the sweat bacteria underneath your arms. Sure, and, you know, it does come in a mint flavor too, so if you use the minty one, it's going to give you a refreshing a sort of smell. zing. <laughs> sure. And to that point, you could also take it, you can use it as sort of an aftershave. Did you know Sure, that? like, uh, yeah. Pretty cool. The other thing with Listerine, you could probably dilute it in water and put it in a little spray bottle so that, you know, Nitty, sometimes you 
are at a, let's say, a cabin, or you're at um, a hotel, and the pillows don't smell fresh, well, dilute a little bit of Listerine in water and spray it on the pillow. It's going to kill any bacteria that's on that, and it's going to leave a fresh scent. And that's a great thing when you're in hotels or motels and you're kind of like, mm, I don't know about these pillows or I don't know what this particular bed or sheets or whatnot. Marco, that's a great idea. Um, I'm actually, that that's actually a really great mm. idea. I never thought about that before. I can tell you my most unique time that I use or my, my most unique use for listening. Sure. Uh, I've used it as a foot bath before I'm pedicure. Oh. So particularly um, if you've walked a lot during the day or you have tired feet, mm -hmm. if you put it in a bath of Listerine mm -hmm. and water, sure. it actually... Say if you put it yeah. in a bath. If you put it in a bath of Listerine and water you can actually uh, make your, feel, your feet feel very um, refreshed and tingly sure. and clean, obviously, because mm -hmm. you've pretty much killed anything that could possibly go in there. So that's the most unique way that I've used Listerine. And now I'll tell you the most unique Please. way that I've used it. So, And this actually comes from something that Amanda and Dale, who've both been on our episodes... Uh, told me about so when you're a mascot so you know those people who are inside the suits of your favorite cartoon character whether it be mickey mouse or scooby-doo or one of those types what they do is they spray the uh, listerine inside to kill the bacteria from the person who wore it before and to keep it smelling fresh i took that advice and i use it for my helmet so, you know, you wear a helmet when you're riding and you get sweaty in it and over time it's going to start to, I guess, stink, right? Well, I dilute some Listerine in water in a little spray bottle and I spray it. And I would recommend this to people who are doing a lot of sports. So, for example, if you have a hockey bag and you've got your hockey equipment That's in there, just spray Listerine in there. It's going to kill Whatever odors. Whatever odors in there and the bacteria. It's an antiseptic, so it's not going to be like a... You know, it's something you can you can ingest and it's not going to be harmful. Right. Whereas if you use something that is like a, a Lysol-type product or something like that, you don't... It's not meant to be, you know, put onto your skin. Right. Or to be ingested. So if you have like, you know, padding and stuff that's close to your face or that stays on your skin, you don't want that. It's funny you say that because one of the uses for Listerine is actually um, clearly to kill odors. Right. And so if you soak um, sort of like a paper towel with Listerine and put it um, in your garbage can, sort of underneath <gasps> the, really nice. the actual garbage sure. uh, bag, mm -hmm. um, it will kill the odors of the garbage. Oh, that's great. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I find... The organic, so in Toronto we have organic waste, and I know a lot more communities are having organic waste that you can have, but oftentimes you have the organic waste, and when you remove the bag, 
there'll be some debris that goes on the bottom and it'll it'll have a bit of a you know an unpleasant odor to it so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna actually do that uh, please let us know how it goes yeah i will because, because i wonder if that works as uh, i it, in theory it should work very well well because what i do is i put a newspaper so when i use my organic waste right i will take you know how you get those flyers delivered to your home i'll yeah. take one of those flyers and i'll put it underneath so that if the bag should rip or if something should fall out of the bag Oftentimes it's organic waste, so it could have some liquid to it. Let's say right. the rind of a watermelon sure. or Whatever a peach pit or something, right? And the newspaper will kind of soak that up so it doesn't remain wet on right. the bottom. And so because I already do that, it wouldn't take much for me to get a paper towel and put it on top of that. And I'll let you know how that goes because I think that's a great idea. Thank you for that no little tip. Full life hack tips. And it's I so funny. Know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And here's my last tip, okay. Mysterine. You can actually, and this is something that um, I think I'm going to try. Mm -hmm. You can use it to clean the screens on your television or computer. Oh, really? So if you put Listerine on a soft cloth, you'll be able to clean it. And oh. I find that helpful because you can't use the same products on your screens as you do to normally clean, right? Right. I always buy like um, at a computer store one of those things, and they're and they're not cheap. You no, know? they're so, not. They're not. So that'd be interesting to pe for people who use touch pads. You know, when you use touch pads for your line of work, whether it be, let's say, you work in a restaurant or somewhere that um, you share an iPad, and people are always touching it. Sure. Someone's sick. They touch the iPad, and then you're touching it, and you touch your face. Well, it'd be great to use that between each person using that iPad or that touch screen to kill any sort of. Um, I just think we solved the world's problems Listen, really with the you know, when it comes to germs. Little mouthwash goes a long way. No, there In particular, no. if you have halitosis, yes, that's, this is, that's, this is that's true. its primary use. This is true. So, Nitty, um, you were telling me about something that happened to you uh, just recently that was very interesting. And. Uh, yes, Marco, I, I mean, I um, recently discovered my local grocery store. Right. Um, and in the area that I've moved into, there's like a grocery store mm -hmm. that's sort of a, um, like a, like a discount, uh, more sort of, a, I don't want to say lower end because that's not true. It's mm -hmm. still got very quality food, but it's the type of grocery store where you go in, you know, the lights are kind of dimmed halfway. Sure. Like there's not a lot of extras that you get. Um, okay. And I thought it was really interesting because then I also, on the other side of the street, um, had a food co-op. Oh. And so it's an What exactly is a food co-op? We should, we should explain that's that. That's a good question. That's a good question. So a food co-op is, from what I understand, now mm -hmm. I haven't yet become a member of a food co-op uh, or, or this particular one, um, but... I'm considering it because, so I think you buy a membership to be able to take advantage of discounted goods. I mean, anyone could go in there and purchase something, Sure. but they have special deals, let's say, if you're mm -hmm. a member. And the idea is to sort of create community around these grocery stores, um, and it's all local and organic and right. very healthy foods and um, the meats and everything, the vegetables are are uh, locally sourced and I don't know properly raised etc 
Um, so it's interesting to kind of have both those options, but here's where I kind of go, you know, when you have both food co-op and then you have the more discounted grocery store, right. sometimes I feel guilty because oh. it's like, which one do I choose? Mm-hmm. Because the part of me that wants to be all holistic and Zen and sure. only put clean things, um, and meats and whatever uh, foods in my body is like go to the food co-op because you're also you know um, um, helping local farmers and businesses etc but then the other part of me that is like food's so expensive right it's like I want to go to like the lower end grocery store sure and it's starting to actually make me feel very guilty I don't oh want goodness. to decide well, here's what we do. We get a um, organic food box delivered to our home once a week. Right. So it's really interesting. It was something we wanted to try, and we're like, let's just do it and see what it is. And it's actually quite fun because you never know, or at least we don't know what we're going to get in our box. It happens to be whatever's in Sinisa. And sometimes not. Like, we consistently get organic bananas in our box. Which is great because I love bananas. So right. I, it's never. But then every once in a while you get something like, oh no, we got these. And it might be something that I'm not a big fan of, but they happen to be in season. What has been um, the oddest thing or the thing that you've received that you're like, I don't even know what to do with this? Like, how do we make something out of this? I think it was. Um, oh, I wish I could remember exactly what they called it, but it was like. Grape, grape skin flour. Oh. So they made like a, oh, I don't know if it's called grape skin flour, but it was like a powdery substance made of grape skins. And, um. Sounds like grape skin, um, great. Well, let's just, now grape skin powder. No, grape skin flour. Does that make sense? Grape skin flour. Grape skin Oh, it's going to... I didn't know that you could... Oh, maybe I'm getting this wrong. Anyways, clearly I didn't know what to do with this. It was like this purpley kind of powder. And that was in the box one time, but it was kind of fun. It was kind of like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I never liked the oranges we got from it. The oranges were always, like, not my favorite. And I love oranges. They just weren't the oranges that I'm used to. So maybe they weren't the sort of varietal of orange that I like, Valencia or, okay. you know. Did it look like this image? Yeah, it looked like that. Okay, so, um, so it is. Oh, interesting. So in the last few years, grapeseed flour has kind of been on the rise. Okay. Oh, so it's grapeseed, not scrape skin. Grapeseed. Yes, okay. Grapeseed flour, and it's. Um, Actually, it's produced from the pomace, so the seeds and the skin together. Um, um, And it's actually the the waste that's generated during uh, winemaking. Okay. And so I guess they found a way to take whatever it is they after they've extracted the juice from Mm -hmm. the grape and make it into sort of a flower form, and it has so many great antioxidants apparently. So. It seems to be very good for you. One of those... Have you ever made wine? Made, sorry? Wine. Have you ever made wine? No, I so haven't. So my family, growing up, my grandfather and father would make wine. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, and so what we would do is the grapes would come from California in these crates. Okay. And you would take the crates and you would put them in this giant, well, as a kid, it seemed giant. It was this kind of like, oh my goodness, masher, for lack of a better word. So it looks like two cogs that rotate in unison and they sort of have grooves that fit in almost like the gears of a clock but imagine them as if they were thrashers or you would put something in and it would it would it would um crush the grapes the seeds the skin and parts of the vine that would be but in the crates but what i want to imagine more that it's you and your family in a barrel crushing grapes with your feet well that was never how we made wine, <laughs> and I don't think people have made wine like that for probably centuries, unless you watch reruns of I Love Lucy. There you go. Um, though I will say my buddy Mark DeAngelis has some photos of him and his brothers as kids doing that. And really? His family, family would do that. Not that that's how they made wine, but that was certainly what they made the kids do for fun and whatnot. And you'd end up with purple feet, I guess. But we would take it, you throw the grapes into this grinder of sort sure. it always reminded me of because it had it was big and metal and it had like handles that you could put on your shoulders so it reminded me of like you know when you see images of cleopatra being carried by her strong uh carry guys <laughs> slaves or whatever they were like yeah. it always reminded me of that it had that look to it but then you would throw the grapes into it somebody would turn a wheel and it would grind the grapes, which would fall into a giant barrel. And there it would sit. Um, the juices, the grapes, the skins, the seeds, the... Whatever waste is generated. Is, isn't there? It would be in this thing. And then you would take it, and you would put it into this other contraption. And it looked like... Oh, Nitty, like it's so distinct. But it is... It had two wooden pieces that were slats of wood in a concave, so two half circles that you would put together and you'd kind of like latch them so they would secure. And you would put the grapes inside this and through the slats, the juice would sort of drip into a little round, um, it circled the two, the two pieces of wood that are now um, together. So it was kind of like a barrel, but a barrel that allowed liquid to drip out of it. Okay. So it was kind of like slat, a slatted barrel, let's say. For okay. of it. And it would drip into a, like a cup or a holder that would go around the barrel. And it would have a spout at the bottom or at one end, which would drip into a holding barrel because you would get more juice this way, right? Wine juice or so, grape juice, I should say. How much? Sorry. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't oh, end it doesn't there. End no, there. no. Then, oh, wow. because that would just be the the juice, but you'd still have skins and flesh of the grape that's been crushed in this sort of slatted barrel. Then you would take wooden blocks, and they were sort of half moon wooden blocks or half circles, and you put them on top. And then you take another two and you put them on top of that, and they were pretty heavy. And another two. Isn't that how you play Jenga? Ish, yeah. yeah. So you'd do that for maybe three or four. And then on the top of this barrel would be a um, 
like a metal thing and you'd put a metal rod in and you'd click it back and forth and as you clicked it back and forth it would send like a vice it would kind of circle and it would push these jenga blocks or these blocks down and down and down thus crushing what's inside the slatted barrel and i'm sure it has a name to it it would crush it so that like a french press kind of kind of but it, you'd click it back and forth right. so they would it would slowly go down and it would crush the grapes and push the grapes and the skins and the seeds till it flattened it and caused almost all of the juice to drip out the sides into this little moat that would cause the juice to go into another barrel. And then you would be able to use this this grape juice to make wine. So this was in your house? This was in our garage. In your garage. So you How do- big was this? This contraption? Yeah. The contraption was the size of a barrel, let's say. Oh, wow. And it was like kind of raised on, on metal legs with a little sort of moat around it. And I know they have words for this. But anyways, I digress. But the actual grinder that I mentioned earlier, that was pretty big. I remember it being pretty, pretty monstrous. And how many, like how... How many grapes would you need to make like a bottle of wine? Like, oh, how many I don't. Bunches? I, I, you'd never just make one bottle of wine. So well, you'd have okay. you'd have crates and crates and crates, right? So right. I'd have to ask my family how many crates they would order. And then we wouldn't bottle our wine. Okay. So we would put them in what's called a demijohn. Okay. Do you know what a demijohn is? No. It's an old term for a cask, a large cask. Okay. And we'd allow it to ferment in the demijohn. And then you would have wine, right? So then from this large cask, and, you, and you'll often see them, it's kind of, the interesting thing about a demijohn is that it is a round circle of glass that sits in a straw basket. I know which ones you're talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what, what my family about. would do is the wine that we had in our demijohn, we would then transfer into a gallon. Okay jug sure and then we would use the gallon jug as our wine not that we would put a gallon jug on our table but we would take the the gallon jug that we would have and we'd pour them into liter liter glassware not bottles but you know those little flasks type mm, things they're more like they're not flasks but they're the liter i know what you mean yeah they kind of have a a really beautiful shape to them that a, a liter like a liter bottle glass whatever you want to call it flask it's a flask that you would put on the table and that's what we would drink our wine out of mm. so that that's wow and was it good your wine? like it was great like we would get different types of varietals of grapes from california california has fantastic wines so clearly they have fantastic grapes and we would use those grapes to make our wine well marco this has been a show full of information it certainly <laughs> has life hacks from listerine to winemaking mm-hmm. um so we'd like to once again thank all our listeners out there uh, particularly uh the ones who took the time to write in and, and rate, uh, us, rate and, us and, and write and comments we're always happy to receive um feedback, feedback. oh look at that there you go um so Thank you to everyone, and tonight's show is actually broadcast from Toronto. Uh, As always, we're produced by Drumcast Productions, and we hope that you continue to listen 
can't sleep.